Okay, good morning everyone. Welcome to our weekly share live with First Seder Bismedrish, Tuesdays, 11.30 a.m., the life and Torah of our leaders. Special welcome to our Torah anytime viewers and listeners who will, Bez Hashem, be joining the share. <coughs> Today, we are going to learn about the Chacham Tzvi, Reb Tzvi Hirsch Ashkenazi. And this is going to start a short series, I think, on this Tkufa. Um, in the uh, late 1600s, um, early 1700s, which we have seen many gedolim in this time. So the Chacham Tzvi was nifter on Aleph Iyar Tafay in Ches 1718. In the Sharblat, the title page of Chuvas Chacham Tzvi, he writes, <coughs> I am the son of Ben Harav Muri Rabbi Yaakov Mivilna. His father's name was Yaakov from the city of Vilna. And some other things he writes there and continues, Ben Harav HaMuvok, Mereinu Harav Binyomin Zev Zatzal. And his son, the Chacham Tzvi's son, was Rabbi Yaakov Emdin, the Yaivitz. Rabbi Yaakov stands for Yaakov Emdin Ben Tzvi, the Yaivitz. So most of the history on the Chacham Tzvi was actually written by the Yaivitz himself in a sefer called Megillah Sefer where he writes, his father's uh, biography, and he writes his own life as well. So there, the Yaivitz adds on, after Binyamin Zev, he writes, Ashkenazi, because he came from Ashkenaz, Migeza Zayin Kuf, Zera Kodesh. They used to sign their names, says the Yaivitz, with the letters Zayin Kuf after the name Zera Kodesh, to show that throughout all of the Gzeris, the terrible decrees, and the Shmad, as the Crusades and all the Goyim throughout Ashkenaz, Germany, <coughs> tried to entice the Jews to give up their religion, they remained nemonim lahashem, mikam they remained trustworthy to Hashem, and therefore the families used to sign their name, Zera Kodesh Zayin Kuf, and he writes, they are from the Gedoyle Chasidei Ashkenaz HaKadmonim, they are from the great Chasidim of early Ashkenaz, which is why they, their name is Ashkenazi, because even though they ended up in Poland and all different places, but their source was from Ashkenaz. So that was his grandfather, Rabbi Yamin Zev, and his father was Rabbi Yaakov. Rabbi Yaakov was a Talmud of Rabbi Yaakov, the Avbezdin of Lublin, who was the father of the Rebbe, Rabbi Heshel from Krakow. His father, Rabbi Yaakov, married the daughter of the Shar Ephraim. You might have rem- remember that we uh, mentioned this in our share on the Ber HaGoylah, and um, on others as well, I don't remember, maybe on Rabbi Yosef Shol Natanzin, some other shiurim we mentioned that they were Enochloch of the Shar Ephraim. The Shar Ephraim was the Reish Av Bezdin of Vilna at the time, and he was from the <coughs> grandchildren and descendants of Rebbe Liol Baal Shem Hazaken, the old Rebbe Liol Baal Shem. There were two Rebbe Liol Baal Shems. There were numerous Baal Shems. Baal Shem was just, you know, we call it the Baal Shem Toiv, but there's the Baal Shem of Michelstadt. Baal Shem just means to say someone of stature. We've mentioned this in other shirim as well. Um, someone of stature who maybe performed miracles or was, um, was a great leader in Klai Yisrael. So there's a very famous Rebbe Liol Baal Shem from Vermeiza, from Worms. I was able to be at his kever in the city of Worms twice. Um, but this is a different Rebbe Leo Baal Shem who's called the elder Rebbe Leo Baal Shem, who was the Avbezdin of Chelm. And the Chacham Tzvi himself in a very famous tshuva in Simon Sadi Gimel, where he talks about 
a goylam, someone who's created through Sefer Yetzirah, a, a, a creation through Sefer Yetzirah, famous Chacham Tzvi, is he able to be mitzdar of him to a minion? And he writes there, V'chein ha'idu, the Mishaburavim brings this down, and he says, this is what they said about my grandfather, and it just doesn't mean grandfather, it means great-great-grandfather, Rebbe Leo, the Avezdin of Chelm, that he made such a Goylem, as we call it, such a Bria. And the question is, is he be mitzdarif to a minion? The Chachamsi comes out at the end, you cannot be mitzdarif him to a minion. Now it's interesting, the Yaivitz, the son of the Chachamsi, in his Chuvas, in Shailas Yaivitz, Chelek Bey, Simon Pei Beis, um, he brings his father's uh, question there, and he goes through it, and at the end he says, Agav Azkir, I'm just going to... Um, Derech Agav tell you that I heard from my father Chacham Tzvi I'm sorry the, um, what happened to that Goylem that was created by his grandfather that after his grandfather saw the Goylem I guess seemed to grow keep on growing so Rebbe Leol Baal was afraid the Goylem will destroy the world. So therefore, he took the shame that was written on his forehead, it was stuck to his forehead, the shame of Hashem that gave it this sort of life um, to allow it to live. Once he took it off its forehead, it fell to the ground and went back to dust. However, however, while he was trying to pull it off, the Goylem was fighting back and he hurt him. He made a scratch on his face. I guess the Goylem knew that he was killing him by taking off the shame and the Goylem fought back. So that's what happened at the end with that Goylem of Rebbe Leol Baal now, as we know, Tach Vitat, 1648-1649, Chalmanitsky came and started destroying Klai Yisrael, and he only made it to Vilna, to north of Lit- and Litta and Vilna, in the year Tav Tesvav, 1615. We talked about this in the Shir on the Beragayla, the Shir on the Shach, <coughs> and other Shirim as well. So at that time, they had to go into Golis, the Sharafrayim went to Golis with his daughter. However, his son-in-law, Rabbi Yaakov, got separated from them, and um, he ended up being captured, and he was sentenced to death by chopping his head off. And he was already down on his knees, ready to be shechted, to be killed, and the guy already had the sword out to kill him, and at the last moment, for some reason, a nace happened, and the guy had Rachmanis on him, and he whacked him with the, with, the, uh, with the sword instead, and he told him, dog, get up and get out of here. And um, the problem is that a lot of people, survivors of that uh, situation over there, of that incident, they saw Rabbi Yaakov on his knees, on the floor, with a sword above his neck, about to be chopped off. And eventually what happened was, they eventually ended up, most people fled southwards, they ended up in Moravia, as we know, the Shach ended up in Holoshov, in, 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 uh, in, in Czechoslovakia, which is where Moravia is at the moment. And um, so the, 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 this, the Shah Ephraim ended up in Mezrich, which is near a city called Tribish, um, in Moravia, which is about a thousand kilometers southwest of Vilna. And um, they came and they said testimony, more than two witnesses said testimony, that Rabbi Yaakov was killed. And the Rebbe Rabbi Heschel was there, the Rebbe Hashem from Krakow, and he was matter 
the wife of Rabbi Yaakov to remarry. There's two Adam that her husband's head was chopped off and killed. But she refused to take the heter and she believed her husband was still alive. And about a half a year later, Rabbi Yaakov shows up, Bahoruk Baraglov, as they say in the Gemara. The killed one came on his own feet. And um, <clears throat> because of this, the Rebbe of Heschel decided that he's no longer going to be Matar Agunas. Now, this is the way Rabbi Yaakov Abdin writes it. However, the Magia over there writes that we do find chuvas from the Rebbe of Heschel here, where he was Matar Agunas at later dates. However, what it means to say Pashtas is at a time of Melchama. For those of you learning Daf Yaimi in the end of Yemechti Yavamas, we learned about the Gemaras over there that at a time of war, people say Bididami. They assume there's a lot of assumptions that go on. Here you had two witnesses, which the Rebbe Heschel said, I was allowed Alpidin Taira to accept their testimony. Two witnesses said they saw his head was chopped off, but Lamai said they didn't exactly see his head chopped off. And therefore the Rebbe Heschel in the time of Melchama would not be Matar Agunas um, anymore. That's what it seems. As the Rabbi Yaakov and his Rebetzin got back together from this marriage, Reb Tzvi was born. This is the Chacham Tzvi, Reb Tzvi Hersh Ashkenazi. He was born in Moravia in about around the years Tof Yud Ches, Tof Yud Tes, 1658-1659. In Tof Chavav, a few years later, his father Rabbi Yaakov and the Sharafrayim, his father-in-law, they moved around a few places, but they ended up in Oyvin, in Hungary, which we call Budapest. And um, he became the Rav there, the Sharafrayim. His grandson, Reb Tzvi, learned by his father, Reb Yaakov, and by his grandfather, the Sharafrayim. And while he was young, probably around the years, Taflit, that neighborhood, um, <clears throat> which would make him anywhere between uh, 15 or 16, he went a thousand kilometers south of Budapest to Salanki, Salonika of, um, in Greece, to learn from the Chachme Asvardim. Interesting, he was sent to learn from the Svardim. Spe- specifically by Rebelio Kovo, Kobo Zatzal, who was one of the Chachme Asvardim. And his grandfather actually pushed him, the Sharafrayim pushed him to learn from the Chachmi Asmarit Svardim. It's interesting, his grandfather wrote him letters telling him to learn their Torah, to learn their Derech. His grandfather, when he wrote titles about his young grandson, 15 years old, he wrote unbelievable tit- titles, almost like Gedolim, um wrote uh, about Gedolim. It would seem perhaps at that point, because the Svardim were so enthralled with him, that that's when he got the name Chacham. Chacham Tzvi is the name of, of Svardim. Now we'll see later um, that maybe it was at a different point. The Ivitz doesn't say anywhere in his, in his Taldus that I saw when his father be called, was called Chacham Tzvi and why he was called Chacham Tzvi, but it for sure came from the Svardim. Um, <clears throat> and in fact, um, and in fact, he, um, he actually signed his name Samachtes, which we know may mean Svarditar, but he wasn't a Svarditar, it was clearly Ashkenazi. It might also mean Seifetav or Simentav, but that's the way that Svardim signed their names. So not only did he get the name Chacham from the Svardim, it seems, um, it seems that he also got the uh, way of signing his name like the Svardim as well. In the year Taflamid Vov, by then already he had returned to um, to Budapest. There is a tshuva in Aksavyad, it's not in Chacham Tzvi, but it's in a manuscript that is signed Budin Taflamid Vov. Budin is Oibin, Budin is the same thing, Budapest um, is, is the two the names of the cities. 
In Chacham Tzvi, Simen Kof Me'amal, if there's already a tshuva from Tuf Lamed Ches from Budin, so he was all of 19 or 20 years old. So the Ivit says that already from a young age he was writing tshuvas, there's piles of tshuvas, he says, he has from him. Some of them are actually written in Ksav Svardi, the Ivit writes. He says that I have a hard time, that I have a hard time reading. He returned to Budapest and he married the daughter of a very rich person who gave him a lot of money and he was a very wealthy man in Budapest. Um, <clears throat> it seems he traveled a little bit. Simon Memalif and Simon Kuf Samaches, we find him in Belgrade, Serbia, which is about 400 um, kilometers south, and this in the year Tuf Lamites, in Tuf Lamites, so about um, a year after that tshuva in Budin in Tuf Lamites. And he writes, famous tshuva also, he says, I was Biyosi Bibelgradoi, which is Belgrade, in the year Tuf Tes Lamet, he writes, Tital. Um, we were sitting at a Sudas Mitzvah, and there was a one a Chacham there who was a Shliach from Chevroin, who was a Nazir Shimshon, a very famous Shuvah Chamsvi. He was a Nazir Shimshon, and they gave him to bench. The problem is he couldn't drink the wine, and he also was not supposed to hold a cup of wine. You know, Nazir is not supposed to touch wine at all. So basically, someone else held the wine. The Nazir benched, and afterwards, that person, the other person, made the bracha, and everyone drank from it. And there was a Shaila, he felt the Chacham Svi felt they did incorrectly. This Chacham Svi is brought in Sharei Tshuva, in Arachayim Simen Kuftzadi, in Hilchaz Berchaz It's brought down there, this Shaila from the Chacham Svi. Now, um, it's interesting, I saw in a lot of the Taldas, they say that he was in Constantinople, or he learned in Constantinople, which is way out of the, so to speak, the realm of where he was where he was situated. But we see he was in Belgrade, he was in Salonika, he was in different places. Um, the Ivitz does not bring down that he was in Constantinople, but I see that it comes from the Chida in Shem HaGedolim writes that in the year Tough Memhei, um, he, he heard from somebody, he heard from somebody that said in the year Tough Memhei, um, he was in Constantinople, the Chansvi. Vayarach Bishanim Ma'id, he was very young. Vihirish Ha'ilam, he made a big tumult. Kigado Ma'id, Bikrichias, Bikharifus, Yashar, Vamiti, he was very great there. So some say at that point, in Tuf Memhei, which may make a little bit more sense, that's when they gave him the title of Chacham, because Tuf Memhei, he was already at least, um, if he was born in uh, Tuf Yurches, so that's Chavches, uh, He was already 28 years old, as opposed to when he was in Salonika, it was all of 18 years old. So it would be interesting if he already got the name Chacham at the age of 18, or he got it later, later in Constantinople in the year Tav Memhei. I don't know exactly, but that's what, um, that's what I found. Um, <clears throat> now, in the year Tav Memvav, Budapest, Budin, was conquered by the Austrian Empire, the Austrian Caesar. Um, until then, it was under the, the, uh, the, uh, the, um, the Ottoman Empire, the Turkish Empire, which is, could be how we ended up in Constantinople, because it was one big empire. But now the Austrians um, uh, attacked Budin, and they lay siege to it, and a cannonball was shot and hit his house. His wife and a young daughter... Hamzi's wife and a young daughter were killed, and he had a nace, he was saved, and he ran away from Budin. His father and his mother were taken captive, and actually were taken by the Austrians all the way back to, uh, to Berlin, and they were redeemed over there in Berlin. He himself ran to, um, to Sarajevo, Bosnia, Sharai, sorry, Sarajevo, Bosnia, which is about 500 kilometers south of Budapest, 
at that time was still under Turkish rule, so he fled there. And he was there in Sarajevo. Um, in Tough Memtes, so that's a couple years later, well, the Austrian Empire actually um, attacked Sarajevo as well, and from there he heard that his parents were taken captive all the way to Berlin, so he set out to travel towards Germany, towards Ashkenaz. Um, on the way, he passed, he went through Venice, which is about 700 kilometers from Sarajevo. You have to go all the way up and around. Um, and he was in Venice, in Simon Membeis, in Chacham Tzvi. But every Derek Venezia, when I was passing through Venice, um, and then from there he went northwards. So again, from Sarajevo to uh, to Venice is a little bit like this, is a northeastern way. Then he went straight up northwards towards uh, towards um, towards Ansbach. Ansbach is about 700 kilometers north of Venice. And in Ansbach, he had a miser. There was a, a, a very wealthy person there, a powerful person named Madol Ansbach. And Madol Ansbach decided that he wants to marry Eishes um, Achi Imoy, his mother's brother's wife, which is an Isra Midrabonon. It's a Shniya Midivrei Seifer, Isra Erba Midrabonon. But he decided, just like there's a concept of Heter Meir Rabonim, to marry, uh, to get rid of Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom and marry two wives, he could get a Heter Meir Rabonim to marry this Shniya. And he got some Rabonim, he paid them off, unfortunately, and he got some Rabonim, and he figured, oh, if he could get the Chamsvi, that would be great. Chamsvi got very angry at him, he actually spit in his face. Um, and he wouldn't sign. At the end, the Ivitz writes that this model actually married her, but he got very sick and some type of disease that his limbs started falling off, and Pasha, they weren't even able to live with each other, and he writes, it was a Kiddush Hashem Gadol to see what happens to Ivri Avera. That's the Lashon of the Ivitz. Um, he continued there from Ansbach to Prague. From Prague he went to Berlin. Um, it seems that on the way to Berlin he passed through Frankfurt to Adar, because in Simon Tess, there's a Shiloh of Esrug that the Ukits, the stem, had fallen off. And the Shiloh was, could you make a brach on that Esrug on the first day of Sukkot, Bishas Adchak, Shein Echad Be'ir. There was no Shein Echad Be'ir. There was no other Esrug in the city. It was the only one. So it seems he was there um, at that time. Um, while he was in Berlin, there he, um, he um, came across Reb Zev. Reb Zev decided that Reb Tzvi would be a good shidduch for his sister, Sarah, the daughter of Reb Shulam Zalman Mirlush, who is the Av Bezdin of Ehu. Ehu we've had numerous times. The, um, the three Kehilois, Altuna, Altuna, Hamburg, and, and uh, Vadensbach, Vadensbach. Those are the three, um, three Kehilois. We had this, we learned about Reb Rafal Hamburger was the Rav there, the Ark Lanar. Um, we talked about it in that Kufa. And he, so he took her, he decided to be good shidduch for his sister. Um, the, her father was still alive. He was the rub of these, of these cities. And he married her in Altuna, and he, just, and he lived there in Altuna. In Altuna, he made a yeshiva in the cloys of Altuna, in the, in the Bismajish over there. And many Talmidim, Gedolim from Poland and Lita came and learned Torah from him. And he started answering Shilas there from all over Poland and from Ashkenaz. Um, and in fact, his shver held him in very high esteem. And Chuvas Evan Ashoyam. There is a tshuva from his father-in-law, from the Reb Chamsi's father-in-law, to his mechutan. His mechutan was the author of the Evan Ashayam, about a kedushin, and this was in the year Tof Nun Beis. And at the end he writes, 
the Kvoi Terasi Yokabo Tshuva Binyanam in Chosni Arav HaMuflug, that you'll get a Tshuva as well from my son in law Harav HaMuflug. And after that, it's written, Amar Ben HaMechaber, the son of the Mechaber writes, Chosnai, who is the son in law? Hu Agoin Chacham Tzvi. And this Tshuva is in his Sefer Kuf Tesvav in Chacham Tzvi. So you see, his father in law held him in high esteem that he, um, he was Mitzarif him to this question and this Psak. Now, his father-in-law was a, an ill man, and for many years he was, uh, he was sick in bed, very old, and all of the running of the city fell on the shoulders of these three cities, actually. They were Gimel, Kehilas, Ashkenazim, Avehu, and there was also a Svardi Kehilah in Hamburg, and it fell on the Chacham Tzvi's shoulders, even though he got no remuneration for it, he wasn't paid because he wasn't hired as the Rav. And the truth is, the Chacham Tzvi had a minig b'chlal, he refused to take matanas from people, even when we had nothing left, he would either earn his money or invest his money, but he would not take matanas from people. He was very makbid about taking um, matanas. Now, in Ehu, he made many takanas on his own. There was no kosher wine at the time. Most people were drinking stam yayin. Um, if you remember, we talked about this in the days of the Maral as well. The Maral made a special mishabeirach for people who are nizer and stam yayin. So he, the Chan Svi, sent people to Italy and to France to make kosher a wine there, that they should have kosher wine um, back in, uh, in Germany. He also made another takan. In those days, people would keep their chalons warm in their homes in hot coals. They were matmin. They covered them beremets with burning hot coals. If you remember the sugis from Shabbos, that's an iser, mitzur midrabanan. You're not allowed to. So he made a takana that everyone should bring their chalons to the baker and the baker would have a big hot oven over there, be closed up. And this is the famous how this started, that people brought their chalins to the baker throughout Europe. He also made a takana legabe matzas, that there should be a, a bentaira who stands by the oven baking matzas to make sure that the matzas are baked correctly. He also made sure to keep the prices down so that the aniyim should have money for, for matzas. He had a whole way of doing it. And he kept the money down as well. There was a lot of Isaribis that was going on that he also took, um, took care of. Um, another thing is that a lot of times people in Ashkenaz, they would send money to Ani Eretz Yisrael, but the problem was the Gaboyim in Eretz Yisrael would keep the money, the Aniyim would never get it. In fact, the Ivid says, but lo Yishuv Ashkenaz, there's almost no Ashkenazi Yishuv anymore there because the money is not making it to the Aniyim. And he had a whole system how he made sure that the money made it to the Aniyim and would not go through the pockets of the Gaboyim. And in fact, he was screaming about it throughout Germany that there has to be such a takana, it's a terrible thing that's going on. But he worked out a way, a, a situation, a way that, um, that this shouldn't be a problem anymore. In Tafnun Beis, he printed the Sefer Turezov, the Taz, on Mishbar Chelek Aleph. I think we mentioned this in the Shir on the Taz a long time ago. And in fact, he added in Chidushim and Hagois, but he didn't say who he was. He wrote, Amar HaMagia, the editor wrote, and even in the Shara Sefer, in the title page, he didn't write his name, Huvalitfus, it's printed, by one of the small Talmidim Avdei Hashem. But it seems that people weren't happy with this, his Talmidim. And at the end of the Sefer, he wrote um, that uh, he signed his name. 
um, people could find at the end the Um Tzvi Hersh, and he writes his whole yichas over there. Ben Rutzvi, Ben Rabbi Yaakov, Ben Rabbi Yom and Zev, so on and so forth. Ha'aymer al mishmeres beveis hamedush hagadol haklois asher bekak altuna b'shnas b'mikdoshay. So he says the one who is standing al mishmeres in the great base haknesses the klois in altuna. Now, right after his wedding, he had some money, I guess. And he gave it to a partner to invest, and the partner lost all the money. And um, he got very, very nervous and very sick, actually, because he was afraid. Now he's going to have to take matanas from people. Um, and he got so sick that he got depressed. He fell b'chayli mara He got very depressed that he was afraid he's going to have to come on to people. And the doctors actually gave up on, on him. That's how sick and depressed he became. And eventually he had to go to a uh, some type of bathhouse near the Rhine River, and over there he was able to nurse himself back to health. Now he did have a document of um, of an arev, um, a guarantor from the father of his shutuf. However, the father of the shutuf also got very sick, and Ratsvi was afraid the reason he got sick was because of that document that perhaps he'll have to pay. And because of that, he sent back the document to the sick father, torn into pieces, and the father actually got better after that. So he actually gave up all his rechush here. Um, <clears throat> now, there were some people in his kilo who would take the little bit of money that he had or he got, and they would actually um, invest it for him, and they would bring him back some of the money, and that's how he supported himself. In in Taf Samechei, Simen Yudches, in in Chacham Svi, there was a tumult in London. The rab the rab of the Svardim, Reb David Nitai, um, he gave a drasha about Teva being Hashem Yisbarach. And it made a big tumult. You have to go through the tshuva there to understand the intricacies and the and the nuances of what the machlokes exactly was. But they wrote to the Chacham Tzvi that he should decide the shaila, and he agreed with Reb David that Teva is Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and because of that, there was shalom in London. In fact, the Sfaradim in London wanted to make him the Rav then of London, and he said, he told them, "I'm an Ashkenazi. I want my children to remain with the minig of Ashkenaz that they come from great gedolim in Ashkenaz." We find later on Livarno also in Italy wanted him as the Rav of the Svardim, but he refused to become Rav of the Svardim because he was an Ashkenazi. Chaf Beis Kislev, Tav Samach Zayin, his father-in-law was Nifter, and he um, took over his Rabbanus in two out of the three cities, in Hamburg and Wadensbach, or Wadensbeck, he, um, he took over those cities. But in Altuna, there was a problem. Altuna had some very powerful families, and they wanted one of their sons-in-law, who was named Ramosha Rottenberg, Rottenberg, to be the Rav. So they came with a pshar, and they said there will be a rotation. Half a year, the Chacham Tzvi will be the Rav, and half a year, Ramosha Rottenberg will be the Rav. This worked out for a while. It seems that they didn't agree a lot in Halacha as well. There's a tshuva um, in the year, Tav Samach Tes, Simenai Dalid. This is a tshuva I actually gave a shir about it on, uh, on, I'm trying to remember, on Pesach this past year. And that is, there was a, a chicken that it seems that there was no heart. The Mishareses, the, 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 uh, the um, maid, didn't find a heart. And the question is, is it a trefer or not? So the Chachamtzvi was matter it, and he said, 
Toyim kalaimrim kain. Anyone who says it's a trefa are making a mistake. Anyone who has a heart in him or a brain in his skull will realize nothing can live without a heart. So he's not shaykh to have a chicken without a heart. So it must be the heart just got lost, it got thrown out. But it can't be a chicken without a heart. Um, and he's clearly referring to this Ramayisha Rattenberg who wanted to answer it. In Shailas Yaivitz, and his son-in-law in Kuf Chavalif, he explains his father's words a little more. This Ramayisha Rattenberg was a son of the Maram Ziskin. And there's a tshuva in his father's tshuvas in Simulam Gimel where he argues on the Chicham Svi. So it seems that they already didn't get um, um, along in halacha. It seems he holds a chayach, they have a chicken without a heart or something. And Mamela, it's a Shailah of a trefa. Um, now, what happened was, in Tav Samech Tess, this Ramosha Rottenberg somehow got involved in some type of financial difficulties, and he lost all his money, and he had to take a big loan. And because of that, the Chamsvi felt, since he had such negias of Mammon, the Chamsvi said he can't sit with him on a Din Tyre anymore. And this became very upsetting to his followers, and they said that if, the, if he's not Chayzer, if he doesn't retract and sit with the Din Tyre and Ramosha Rottenberg, the Chamsvi is no longer their Rav. So the Chamsi saw that there was a Machlaikas here, so he decided he's leaving from the Rabbonus of Altuna, and he went back to his Klois in Altuna, leaving the Beis HaKnesses Hagadol, the big shul, and he went to the Beis HaMedrish, the Klois where he was. Um, now, because of this Machlaikas, the Chamsi got very sick, and actually the, the Yavitz writes, they had to give him HaKozas Hadam, the bloodletting was the, the way that they uh, cured in those days, four times before he was cured, that's how sick he was. About a half a year later, Erev Shabbos Kaidish Parshas Beshalach, Tuf Ayin, the Chamsvi sitting in his Bismedrish, wearing his talis and tefillin, and he is saying, Shnayim Mikra, the Shira, Oz Yashir, from a Sefer Torah, and he got a letter with a Ksav Rabonis from the Kilo of Amsterdam. The only thing is that in those days, the way the Rav only got a small um, salary, and then he would get all types of presents for different throughout the year from the Kihila. But as we know, the Chamsvi refused to accept presents, so therefore he told them that only if they double the uh, salary will he become the Rav, and they agreed, and in the end of Adar Aleph, beginning of Adar Beis, he came to Amsterdam, the Kavad Gadol, and the Svardim there as well, were Mekabalim with Chavad Gadol, Shalai Nasu Lushum Adam. No one ever got such a Kavad Gadol, the Ivitz writes, Bechlal, the Svardim weren't so Machshev, the Ashkenazi Gedolim, and even by the Svardim, they didn't give such a Kavad Gadol like they gave the, they gave the Chacham Tzvi. Um, he had a very big house that he paid for on his own. He put, made a Bismedjish in the house, and any money that the Rav would receive for Gitin or Chalitza, that would go to, um, to the, to the Bismedjish, to the yeshiva that he had. He would learn there every day with them, um, Gemara Ashitaisis and Paiskim, every single day. Now, the first night, they made a Suda for the new Rav. So he says, I have to check the Chalif, the knife, the Shechita knife of the Shaykhet, before I eat from the Shechita. So he brought it, and they brought the Shaykhet there, and he felt it, and there was a pegima, there was a, a nick there. So he tried to see if the Shaykhet will feel it too, and the Shaykhet couldn't feel anything. The Shaykhet had been shechting for 40 years, and it seems he had no feeling in his finger to feel any pegimas. And unfortunately, he was feeding them nevelas. And immediately he... Um, he fired the uh, Shaykhet. Now this brought in some money for the Kila because it seems the Shaykhet had some type of monopoly there. And because of that, the Kila was able to, uh, they hired a new Shaykhet and it was a different system. And um, th- that was one of the ways that uh, he brought back a lot of the financial status um, of the Kihila. 
Now there was an old Machlaikas with the Rav before him already. They had to do with Chazanim in Tav Samach Tes. And Al-Kadeikach, um, that in Shabbos Shuvah, there was a big fight in the Shul. They're throwing shtenders at each other, Kamati, killing people. And the old Rav actually got so sick and he died because of this Misa. And um, when the Chacham Tzvi came, so they tried, the two sides tried to get him into the Machlaikas as well. And when one of the sides wasn't able to get him to uh, agree to them, they actually tried to get rid of him after three years of the Rabbanis, but it didn't work out. And Adarabah, the Svardim of that time were very close to the, uh, to the Malchus of, um, of, of uh, Amsterdam. And in fact, they turned the uh, government against these Bali Machlaikas, and they were actually removed from their powerful positions um, by the government. In the year Tafayin Beis is when he printed his Shuvas Chacham Tzvi. Now, in the next few years between Tafayin Beis and Tafayin Dalit, there was a big Machlaikas in Amsterdam about a sefer of a Sephardi called Divrei Nechemya, Nechemya with an Aleph, by Nechemya Chia Chivun or Chion Chesyod Vav Nun. And the Chacham Tzvi looked at this Sephardish sefer that was full of Taira, and he saw that there were Drasha Shaldaifi, there was Kfira in there, and he schmacked and he smelled and he was able to realize that it had to do with, he was part of the Shabtzi Tzviniks. Even though Shabtzi Tzvi was already a long time before, but Klaiso was still suffering from Shabtzi Tzvi followers, as we mentioned numerous times. And the problem, so he went against him. However, here, the Svardim did not stand by his side. The Svardim stood the Yad HaMechaber, and they stood up for the Mechaber. And the Ashkenazim haters of Reb Tzvi now found new partners in their hatred. And it ended up being a big machlaikis, so much so that he was called to the Gaisha court over this issue. And he got very scared because there were a lot of Haskamas on the Sefer from Big Rabbanim. And he was afraid of a great Chil Hashem if he's going to have to go in court and tell them how there is Kfira against <coughs> the Torah and Chazal and Shabsi Tzvi. In this Sefer, there's a skama from G'dayli Yisrael on it. And therefore, um, because of that, he decided that he has to leave, um, he has to leave um, Amsterdam. And in Tafai and Dal, in the winter, he sent his family to the city, the nearby city of Emden, and he decided he's leaving. At that point, he, sent, he traveled to London. The Svardim in London have been bothering him. They wanted to see him. They remembered how he had made Shalom in their community. There was another Maitzah with a get that he made Shalom with as well. And they wanted to see him. They remembered him over there. And they asked him a favor if they could have someone paint his picture so they should have a uh, remembrance of him. And he didn't want, he says, it's a Goyish thing to do. It's a strange thing to do and he didn't want. But what they did was, there was they had a certain painter an expert painter that could just talk to a person and then go and paint his picture without see, without having him in front of him. So they did that. The Chamsi didn't realize this person talked to him. He went out and he, he painted a picture of him. The Yaivitz writes, Rabbi Yaakov Emden writes, that when he was in London, he saw this picture and he says he, says he, 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 um, he shuddered from it. He was shooken up, he says, because I thought I saw my father alive standing in front of me. That's how real... Um, the picture was. And that's why we have, you can find uh, the painting of, of what the Chachan Svi looked like. Um, after he went back to uh, Germany and he picked up his family in Emden and he decided to travel towards Poland, to Poland. He went through the cities of Hanover, Halberstadt, Berlin, Breslau, and he ended up in Apta in Poland. 
while he was there in Apta, it's very interesting, he was called to be a Dayan and a Din Taira back in Hamburg, which is like a thousand kilometers northwest uh, of, of, of Poland. He just traveled from there. So he went back there with the Ivitz, and um, afterwards, on the way back, he stopped in Breslau again, and uh, the Ivitz got married there in Breslau. Bez Hashem, next week, Asher will be on the Ivitz. We'll see more of those details. Um, in Poland at that time, there was a Jewish uh, wealthy, wealthy landowner, very wealthy, maybe he was even a nobleman, and uh, he wanted the Chamsvi to live on one of his properties, and he took care of all the expenses there. His name was Rabbi Saul Ritzpin, and uh, so there were numerous places, a few places to choose from. It was a place called Stashov, Samach Tez Aleph Shin Vav Beis, and he lived there for three years. In the year Tuf Ayin Ches, um, in the winter of Tuf Ayin Ches, so this is uh, 1718, in the winter, he was um, appointed as the Rav of Lvov, and he was, a, he was brought there, covered Gadol. Over there, he also made many tikkunim. Um, there were actually some powerful people um, that he got rid of. In the Kila, there was a very strong, powerful person, Reb Zelig, who was stealing money from the Kila. So, um... <clears throat> So um, he, um, he fired him, but he was such a powerful person that they, he went to the government and he called the Chamsvi to the government. He was called by the government to ask what was going on. The Yidin were very, very afraid because they, 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 this wasn't a good sign if the Rav is ready to be called to the government. However, the Chamsvi went there, he spoke to them, he actually spoke to them in Italian, he knew Italian. And they made, the Goyim made such a covet, Godol Sholeinatze Kamoisai. The Reyavit says that there was no such covet ever made for a, for, a, for a Jewish person. And they gave him such power, the Chacham Svi, they were impressed with him. They gave him such power to do what he wants. Kemat, Kemat, um, that they gave him Rishus to be Dan Dinei Nefoshis. That's what he writes. And at that time, an eight of great fear fell on all of those people who would try to go Keneged, the Chacham Tzvi, and give people over to the government. All those powerful people now were very afraid of the Chacham Tzvi. Um, he had a great, his name was, was, was very mefursome, even amongst, amongst the Goyim after this. He made Tikkunim in Lvov, especially in Linyanim of Liman He said in Poland, they stopped learning uh, Chumash. The kids weren't learning Chumash. There were Abanim who didn't learn Chumash, who didn't learn Mishnayis. So he brought all the Malamdim together and he made Takanas, a Seder Halima, like the Mishnah Novus, very similar to like the Maral did, but Chumash Lamikra, and so on and so forth. There's a Seder, there's an order. And the Ivitz writes if we would have been Zaycha, he would have taken this idea to the Vad Arba Aratzis of Poland and he would have made a whole. Um, a revolution in the Chinuch of Klai Yisrael throughout Poland, he would have made a Takana Gedayla. However, unfortunately, this was in the winter of Tafayin Ches, about a few months later, Aleph Iyar, he was Nifter suddenly, um, he was Nifter suddenly um, on, on uh, the second day of Rosh Chodesh Iyar, Aleph Iyar. The Chol Poland Bachu, everyone cried, even the Goyim, the Sari Hamadinais, they were also very, very sad because he had a shame Toiv Ba'olam. So much so that the Goyim, the Sarim, the powerful members of the government of the Goyim said, the Jews' Mashiach came to Poland from Germany, and they killed him. So obviously they don't mean they killed him, but he was Nifter. That's how they felt, like he was the Jewish Messiah. 
When the Shmua Ra came to Ashkenaz, they were masped him in all the kilos of Ashkenaz, Bimrius bitterly in London as well, the Svardim. In their Beis HaKnesses, they took an Arain, they took a coffin, and they put it in black, and they made as if a, a, a Levaya, and they all sat on the floor, and they cried and were misabel as if they were misabel on Churban Beis HaMikdash. In Amsterdam, the Svardi Rav, Chacham Ailon, who was the one who was Neged the Chacham Tzvi in the story with the Divrei Nechemya, he had Charata, and he got up in his drosh, he said, Anoichi Chatasila, he said, I sinned, he asked Mechila. And in fact, when this Nehemia tried to come another time to Amsterdam, they ran him out of town. They ran him out of town by Vizayin. He had Charata that he argued with the Chacham Tzvi. In Frankfurt, the Pnei Yeshua, in broad Rebelozari Keach, the Maram Tiktim, they all tore their clothing and sat on the ground and they feared Avelus Liyaymechad because of the Ptira of the God of Yisrael, the Chacham Tzvi. The Chayavitz writes, a Godel, one Godel wrote, um, one Godel said that the world wasn't right to be Mishtamish the world wasn't right to be Mishtamish in this holy Kali that had a Neshama in it from one of the early Tanoim. That's what the Yavitz writes, he heard from a Godel Adar, that was the Chacham Tzvi. Chacham Tzvi had 15 children, five of them were Nifter in, in, at a young age, ten of them um, 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 grew up and had, had families. This was the Chacham Tzvi, Godel Godel Bi Yisrael, Tzchusa Yagen Aleinavau Kal Yisrael. Again, his yard site is Aleph Iyar, Tuf Ayin Ches, 17, 18. Everyone should have a wonderful day. Kal Tov.